Here we go. Happy Masterful Living. <laughs> Happy Monday. Thank you for joining me. Yes. So grateful for our community. So beautiful. Yes, it is. Mm. So let's relax into love, into joy, into peace and harmony and be so grateful in this moment. Oh, the power of gratitude is it's just unbelievable how powerful gratitude is. So let us be grateful, grateful, grateful together. The two or more who are gathered in the name and the nature of gratitude. What a blessing. Taking this breath of love and gratitude together, we are grateful and thankful to open ourselves to the unlimited, unprecedented flow of love which is happening right now in our hearts and in our minds, and we're opening ourselves to be refreshed and renewed and restored in the spirit. Yes, we're choosing to remember our true nature is perfect love. So grateful. We're grateful to call upon the company of heaven. calling upon all that is holy. So grateful. We're grateful and thankful to call upon our ancestors. Yes. Calling upon all our resources to support us in letting go of that which no longer serves us and stepping into the unprecedented, unlimited flow of divine intelligence. The flow is always happening. It never stops. And we're giving ourselves full permission to tune in, to tap in. We are worthy of divine insight and clarity. And we are calling for it now. We are grateful to allow the clarity to reveal the truth that sets us free. Taking this breath of love and gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In grace and gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. <sighs> yes. Thank you. Thank you for showing up and praying and being prayerful with me. It is amazing what we can accomplish when we join together. So amazing. It really is. So one of the things that is an important part of our Masterful Living curriculum is a willingness to open to divine intuition and inspiration. And it starts to flow more and more readily. And uh, it's just quite amazing how it works from the simplest to the most 
seemingly complex or sophisticated or difficult situations. And I had a lovely little example of it yesterday. So we'll tell you just a quick little story here. I um, uh, Someone generously gave me a tithe, and with that money I was able to purchase something that I really was um, – something I really was interested in having, which is an exercise bike. Because it rains here a lot in Hawaii, and um, I love uh, working out on a spin bike. It's uh, really enjoyable for me. It's great for my whole body. My body really likes it. And um, as much as I love being out in nature, sometimes either at certain times of the day, the sun is just too hot to walk in, and I don't want to ride down to the beach or uh, something like that. And uh, at other times when I like to walk, it's raining and I can't go. So I really was looking to have that um, exercise bike that I could jump on when um, it was convenient for me. So I uh, got the tithe. I went to the the store. There's one store here on the island that sells fitness equipment, just one, (laughs) really, And um, so it's a big uh, chain, I guess, Sports Authority. I don't really know much about these kinds of stores. First time I went in there, they said, oh, you can't try the bike with flip-flops. So uh, I went back the next week, and it's a bit of a drive to go there and back, so that's all right. And I went there the second time. I said, okay, I tried the bike. Perfect. I'd like to buy this bike. It's on sale. Great. It was on sale 50% off. Great. so um the bike was $299, fantastic. And um and uh so I bought the bike and then I got home and I realized, you know, they didn't offer me an extended warranty and I was having trouble putting it together. And indeed, I even called the service people and they said, "Oh, there's something weird about that bike. We don't know what to tell you. Um, it's not put together. The parts, it's, it's some of the things were painted with it together that shouldn't have been painted and whatnot. Well, anyway, I, someone uh, I knew was able to figure it out and help me put it together. Yay. Okay. But I still realized, you know what, it'd be good to have that extended warranty because here in Hawaii, things rust and with the tremendous humidity, blah, blah, blah. So my intuition kept saying, get that extended warranty. So I thought, well, I'll go into the store. Well, as God would have it, it had been a couple of weeks, but I finally was going to go to the store. And as God would have it, um, right there. The moderator has left the conference.
my internet. Oh, my internet. So let's all just hold the thought in our mind that there will be clear internet for as long as we will be using it at my house. <laughs> and I'm also going to call in and back up on my phone. Um, can anybody raise their hand and just tell me what was the last thing they heard me say? Because I'm not quite sure. Star two. Thank you, Akash. What What was the last thing you heard? Uh, you were about to get your ex extended warranty. Okay. All right, perfect. Thank you. Thanks. Alrighty. So, um, so I'm walking into the store, and I recalibrated to being able to uh, uh, have it be the way I'd like it to be. I thought, well, how would I like it to be? I'd like to be able to get that extended warranty and get 20% off with my coupon. Yes, indeed. So I walked up to the counter, happy lady, and she said, um, well, uh, let's see. Let's see what we can do in the system. And she said, well, this warranty is $43 or something. And, um, yeah, we don't normally do discounts on that. But I really think that the easiest way to process this whole thing, I can't really give you the warranty after the fact. And she said, in fact, I'm the one that rang up this bike for you. I can see that by the receipt. I don't know why I didn't offer you the extended warranty at the time. So let me reprocess it. So you had originally it was on sale. So um we're going to give we're, I'm going to refund you what you spent before and uh we're going to do the sale all over again. But now you can use your I'm going to give up on Skype. I I give it my best. You know, I just did hours on Skype and now it's not working. That's how life is. All right, so let's see. I'm not sure what you last heard, but um, Mary's raising her hand here. Let's see what Mary has to say. Hey, Mary. Oh, I'm sorry, Jennifer. Uh, it was for the. I didn't. I forgot how to lower my hand <laughs> to tell you. Oh, where that's you were okay. At. Yeah, God no, I lowered it for you. Okay, that's where you were at. If God would have it. All good. So um, I don't know what what part you heard last. So sorry to make this complicated. At any rate, so they rang the bike up. Uh, they refunded. Two ninety nine. They charged me two ninety nine again. They used the twenty percent coupon. I got sixty dollars off. 
which more than covered the warranty. So now, in a sense, the warranty was free, and I got an extra $17 back. While I was standing there looking at the the socks while she did the paperwork, I saw these socks, and I thought, geez, these are expensive socks. They're $15 for one pair of athletic socks. And I said to her, I think these are the most expensive socks I've ever seen. Or as they say in England, trainer liners, which to me is hilarious. Why people would say trainer liners when they could say socks, I don't understand, but there it is. So uh, and she said, yes, they are expensive, but I wear them all the time and I love them. They're my favorite socks. They're well worth it. So I thought, well, you know what? With this refund, I now can buy a pair of these socks. So I get the warranty and the socks, and she rang up the socks separately. I got 20% off on the socks. The reason why I'm telling you all this detail is that this is exactly how it works, and I prove it all the time. So there I was going into the store, you know, and sometimes when it comes to stores or um, these kinds of things, I get triggered into old patterns and beliefs of they're not going to give me what I want, I'm asking for something I don't deserve, or it's going to be hard, I'm going to have to explain it to them, they're not going to want to do it. I used to have these things in stores of arguing with the people at the counter and then um, being mean to them (laughs) and all of this, and so this is my karma. Right, So I'm clearing it out, and I'm happy to do it. So I was going into the store. Right, This is now my third trip to this store. And I just love that as I was thinking about these old patterns, immediately my higher self stepped in and said, do not energize what you do not wish to experience, Jennifer. And I was like, got it, you're right, turned it right around. It went far better than I would have ever imagined. I would never have imagined that she would refund the bike and give me 20% off on the bike that I bought three weeks before. No, I wouldn't have thought of that. And that the warranty would then end up being free, in a sense, and and I got a pair of socks, too. I just, (laughs) what? I never would have experienced that. So you see that willingness to step into your power. What would you like to experience? Something beyond what I can imagine is good. Some experience of excellence and goodness that is beyond what I could even imagine from my experience in the past. And that's what unprecedented means. So you hear me say it in prayer all the time, unlimited, unprecedented. We're training our mind to move beyond precedent so we can experience a good, a a givingness of the universe, a generosity that's beyond our previous experience. And through that, we recalibrate and we recalibrate and we recalibrate. So, Here I am, I'm planning a class on intuition, listening to intuition and inspiration, 
And I have this experience that's so perfect the very day before. You see? And so all my needs are met in God. Not in the world, but in God. In my mind, in my heart. And then the world will line up. And when it doesn't seem to line up, then I know, ah, I have an attachment. I have an idea of how I think it should go. And I can release that and allow for something even more magnificent to happen. More magnificent to happen. So what are the, well, actually I'm going to pause there. My intuition is saying pause there. And let's just see if anybody would like to share or ask a question at this point. Star two to raise your hand. Anybody have a similar experience? Akash, yes. Uh, Hello, Jennifer. Um, I had a similar experience with intuition. Um, I'd started um, a business training uh, program, um, but to keep it brief, um, I had an insight from, from therapy that what I was planning on doing um, was was not. I didn't have my whole heart and mind in it. So I got back in the evening and I had the intuition: go on the government gateway uh, job site uh, right now. So I did. Uh, I saw a job advertised in my local area. I was wondering how I was going to apply for it. I didn't think I was going to be able to apply for it because I didn't know about uploading my CV. But it all worked. I could did it via my phone. To cut a long story short, I now have that job. <laughs> Congratulations! So, yeah. <laughs> so, and it just happened effortlessly within, you know, the last uh, three or four days. I had the interview, uh, heard about the interview, accepted the job, and I'm just waiting to hear when I start. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Thank Congratulations. You. Yeah. Thank you. That's so wonderful. That's such a great example. So can you say a little bit more about that moment of intuition so that you can help everyone in the class recognize how you knew it was intuition? um, Well, there was no doubt. You know, I, it was quite late. I was quite tired. You know, I'd come back from from London, and the train had been very busy because I came back in peak hour, etc. And I was just sitting quietly in my chair, and the thought came to me, and I guess I must have been in a, in a space of willingness when it, because I just went with it straight away. I just thought, yeah, I'm going to try this out, and. Also, something about um, it was it was new to me. You know, I I would never have thought that I would apply for this particular kind of job, uh, but when I saw it, it just felt right, um, and somehow I, I believed in it as well. Um, uh, I don't really know what to say. I'm just trying trying to tune in to to what the experience was like. Um, and I guess what the the proof 
for me that I was on the right track is that it, it was effortless. The whole process was effortless. And um, I had my doubts at one stage when I, when I was applying for the job because presently I'm uh, applying for uh, – I, I receive benefits. And I was worried that the shortfall because certain benefits will stop um, because I'm going to be working a certain number of hours. It's only part-time, 16 hours. But, um, again, I heard in intuition, you know, trust. I still had my doubts, so I called up the government uh, helpline and we did a calculation, and that showed that, actually, no, I'll be, the shortfall will be made up and I'll, I'll be fine. So I did that kind of off, off of my own back, just to doubly, doubly make sure, but the uh, the message was trust. And so I, I trusted and I heard about the job and I accepted and uh, here we are. Uh, I, I hope that helped. Yes, exactly. You trusted. You trusted. Now, do you think that, oh, perhaps before you were in Masterful Living, before you started working your mind this way, that you would have talked yourself out of it? Well, I don't, I just don't think I, my, my mind would have been open to it. You know, I shared with, uh, with, uh, uh, Laurie, um, and also with Rob in my prayer partner call, um, that up, up until now, I would have dismissed, uh, the very possibility of this kind of job because I would have thought uh, I, I would have had an idea about what I thought was right for me whereas when I got this guidance it was kind of like go with it, it's going to be fine don't worry you know, we've got your back sort of thing um, and so I'm now doing, doing a job that um, I think I'm going to really enjoy, I haven't started yet but uh, it, it wouldn't have. Um, so I'll just briefly say what the job was. It's, it's working in a, a, a petrol station that also has a shop um, in it, and I'll be a customer service assistant. So I'll be in charge of uh, um, enabling people to pay for their fuel and also restocking the shop. Now I would have never have thought of doing that kind of job for me, but it has particular benefits with it as well. So. Um, I'm I'm standing for my shift, and one of my aims is to uh, enable myself to lose weight. So I'm sure that's going to help. Uh, it's within walking distance from my house, so I can walk to and from uh, the the destination, and that's also going to um, help me with my exercise program that that I I'm, I've chosen one in my contract for it to be one that I love and enjoy. Um, and I'm sure there's other benefits that I, I'm not even aware of. Uh, but to answer your question, um, I, I, I just, I'm just aware that I would not have had the open-mindedness or the, the willingness um, that has grown steadily um, o o over the year um, to allow that possibility to be a reality for me when it came into my mind. Right. Yep. 
Yeah, see, that's the thing that happens, Akash, is as we clear away the judgments and opinions and we truly become dedicated to that, then we're open to intuition and insight and following it and trying new things uh, by means of trusting. We, we are doubting less and trusting more, and it, it naturally leads us and guide us, guides us to more beneficial experiences. And, you know, sometimes the experiences can be very challenging, very challenging indeed, but that doesn't mean necessarily that we've chosen wrongly because I, in my experience, most spiritual students must go through a protracted period where they learn how to keep their mind focused on love, on trust, on faith. And it, it often, most people, and this is what it talks about in the trust section, development of trust in the manual for teachers of A Course in Miracles, is that it doesn't have to be painful. It does not have to be difficult, but it is usually experienced that way because people are hesitant or fearful of trusting and they're so used to and feel so familiar with and comfortable in doubt and fear and worry. So you're stepping out of your comfort zone, but because you have trust, there's probably a sense of excitement. Yes. Yeah, and as you say, there may be challenges, but with what I've I've learned so far in the year, I know that as long as I partner up, um, and I'm reminded of something that Laurie said to me. She said, "You can." Uh, she, you said to her that in in a conversation with her to use every moment as an opportunity to. Uh, I think I heard it as teach or demonstrate love. I thought, yeah, that's exactly it, you know. When I'm doing my job, I can just remember that each moment is an opportunity to choose and demonstrate love. And as long as that is um, what I'm holding myself to, then I feel like, I, you know, I can, I can cope with anything. Because one of the things I've been struggling with is, you know, co- coping with things. Yep. And now it's kind of like, I don't have to worry about coping with things. If I use my mind in the right way, then it's just going to flow. Well, that that is so true because um, it's it's critical that we all be extremely mindful of how we invest our energy. And investing our energy in managing and coping is a way of saying, I don't trust. I must do all this myself. There is no God, or God is unreliable. God is not trustworthy. But it's never that God is not trustworthy. It's uh, it's really simply that we're trying to get something, so we're giving to get, so we're the ones who are managing and coping, although we think, hey, I'm being so generous. Look at what I'm doing. I'm being of service. I'm giving. I'm taking care of this or that. But we're actually trying to manage it by trying to give in order to get. So a lot of that people, spiritual students especially, do not even see. And how wonderful, Akash, that you have this new job and this new excitement 
on the new moon. Today is the new moon. We just new moon uh, just about an hour ago or so here. And um, so planting new seeds of uh, new fruit. Yes. Thank you for allowing me to share that. I'm, I'm happy everyone knows. <laughs> yeah, that's lovely. And, you know, I'll also share, and I, I believe I have shared this earlier in the year, but perhaps not. Um, I, uh, back in the early 90s, well, at the end of the 80s, I produced a play uh, that was done off Broadway, was done on uh, American Playhouse, which is a prestigious program that used to be on television here. and So I had a lot of, a fair amount of success uh, with this play, uh, but it wasn't a financial success, and it, it really, I, I had such an ego experience of my heart being broken that it wasn't more financially successful, and we didn't have a longer run off Broadway, etc. And so I um, moved to Maine from Manhattan for a few years, and there's not a lot of work in Maine for playwrights. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I found odd jobs doing some bookkeeping and some bartending and some waitressing. And I had never done bartending or waitressing before. But I really enjoyed it because I never took my work home with me. And that was really nice. And I, I knew I could be successful every day at the job, and that was really nice. And I, the best thing about it was I got to be of service, particularly as a waitress. And so I, I was able to, and I got a job working in Bar Harbor, Maine, which is a resort town one summer. And um, so, and I was in a fine dining restaurant. So the people who were having dinner there it might be the nicest dinner that they would have on their vacation and um, and maybe one of the nicer dinners of their life. Who knows? Uh, and so I saw every evening that I was there as an opportunity to raise the quality of the, the people's vacation that I was waiting on. And um, I... I really saw it as an opportunity to just love them and honor them and treat them like the kings and queens that they are. And um, uh, I really enjoyed that so much. And if originally when I got that job, I thought, oh, my God, look at me. I've sunk from producing television to waiting on tables and, you know, and on an island off the coast of Maine. Um, that was ego, you know. And uh, at first I was just like, oh, my life is just uh, plummeting into the toilet here. And um, I'm so glad that I had that, those thoughts and everything, because fortunately I was willing to turn it around and by being of service. And it became one of the most... Um, healing and nourishing experiences of my life because every day I went to work thinking, I'm going to love all these people. And I love the mm. people in the restaurant, the customers, and the other staff. It was a small staff, and we, we enjoyed working together. And 
A lot of times we go out for a drink or just count our tips and have a drink at the bar afterwards. And um, we would laugh and have fun and help each other. There was no um, meanness or pettiness in the staff. And um, it was so enjoyable to just be totally there to give. And uh, I didn't need them to give me anything back. Uh, Of course, it's nice to get great tips and compliments and to see the smiles and happy people. But I honestly, the gift I got was that the people who came into the restaurant were willing to receive the love that I was pouring out on them. And um, there were a few customers that I still remember today. One was two couples from Chicago, and they said uh, to me at the end of their dinner, they said, we own a restaurant. The four of us own a restaurant in Chicago, and it's a very successful restaurant in Chicago. And we would like you to know that you're the best waitress we've ever seen in our whole life. And if you ever want to come to Chicago, you have a job, you know. And um, I don't remember what restaurant it was or anything like that, but I remember they said that. And the other couple I remember was this couple who were in a bad mood, and no matter what I did, how I tried to love on them, they would not accept it. All they could do was complain and find fault, and everything was just not up to snuff for them. And they they came in in misery, and they left in misery. And so I just I learned so much. But those are the two customers that I really remember. The the high and in a sense it wasn't my low because I knew I did a, a just as good a job for those people. I probably worked harder for the miserable people because I thought you know they can really use the love. But boy, those people taught me they were not having any of it. They were dedicated to their misery. So um, in your new job, Akash, you will have an opportunity to just really, to be able to give with no attachment. It's, when people will receive that from you, it's wonderful. And that's why we love dogs and cats and, and children and innocent beings like that because they're so willing to receive whatever amount of love that you're willing to give them. You know, like, is pretty much a lot of dogs, you know, well, I know some cats and dogs are, but I most of the time, any dog or cat I encounter, they are willing to receive as much love as I would like to give them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And a lot of children are the same way. So we can, we can, um, we can teach the power of that by just being ourselves, and and um, it's really cool, and it totally recalibrates us to being in the flow of good. Yes, well, thank you for sharing uh, your your story with us, um, and it, it it just um, in a way re- reconfirmed uh, and also helped allay uh, a, a few doubts that. No, no, this is, this, or rather, yes, this is a perfect opportunity, um, you know, to, to, to be loving uh, and to just go into it open-heartedly um, and to, uh, I, I had this, call it intuition, but it's along the lines of what you were saying about being of service uh, in the restaurant that you were working in, 
that um, the intuition is that yeah, you know, I can I can join uh, in in Christ with everyone who comes to that uh, who, who comes to be served by me uh, and extend um, the kingdom, if you like, uh, with everybody that I meet. And it, what what feels so uh, beautiful about this is that I could I could not have planned this. It's like what you were saying about your experience with the extended warranty. It's like there was no way that I could have seen that this might be the perfect opportunity for me. Um, and in my contract, one of the, the uh, clauses, if you like, was that I was looking for meaningful work in the world. And I would never have thought that the meaningful work in the world would look like what it's going to look like. And yet it could be perfectly that because it's, it's what's right for me right now in uh, uh, expanding my awareness and being able to share with, with everyone, no matter who they are. And that's what I'm, I'm looking, looking to do. Um, and here's the opportunity to do it. So <laughs> there we are. Yes, beautiful, beautiful. Well, again, congratulations. I know we all look forward to hearing more about your experience. And and you take all of us with you, Akash. Uh, thank you. Yeah. All right. <sighs> Just going to take a breath here. Hmm. It's such a different dynamic when we're sharing and trusting without trying to get anything. It's just a completely different vibration. And one of the things that we've been talking about is the power of our thought and that every thought acts like a prayer because that's what prayer is. It's thought combined with belief. Now, recently we were talking about working with the purity affirmations and the I am statements. And one of the things that happened to me is in doing the work, I was led to um, doing certain prayer work, all of which I share with you. And I know that for quite a while, I would say prayers and work with affirmations and things like that, and my heart wasn't in it. And I thought, well, it's not really working for me. And now I know that the reason why it wasn't working for me was because my heart wasn't really in it. And there is a uh, thought pattern in the human experience of superstition and and things like that. So, for instance, uh, there, are, there are many people who believe in making prayers and chanting and saying affirmations that they honestly do not believe. And they know that they don't believe it. And there is this thought, it's a superstitious thought, that if I say these things and do these things, even though I don't believe in the power of them, 
that they will somehow magically work to protect me or heal me or bring me good luck or something like that. And that's just not how this universe operates. So there's thought and there's belief. So you know that what I teach is that our belief systems are really our karma and that the truth is true, it's not a belief, and that what we're doing is we're releasing the beliefs that aren't true, and we're opening our mind to the truth that is true, and we, in that process, we recalibrate. And the thing that makes it actually happen, like a fire, like a fire burning off the old thoughts or divine alchemy, uh, you might be familiar that when um, they take metal, like gold out of the ground, they will then heat it and melt it in order to burn off what's called the dross, D-R-O-S-S, and that's the parts in the rock that are not actually gold. So they they separate the gold from the dross. And that's what we're doing. We're literally by the fire of our desire, our true earnest desire, not to get something, but to be our true self, we burn off the dross. And we can work at such a quantum level. So we don't have to be like a psychiatrist or a psychologist looking for the thought that has caused the problem. Because in in our work, we are aware of or becoming aware of the fact that every problem that we think we have is because we believe we're separate from each other and separate from God. And every sense of lack and limitation is an expression of that one Belief, which is false. And so all of our negative experience comes from believing something that's not true. So we're training our mind to detach from energizing the habit of investing in our belief into thoughts that aren't true. Now, believing what is true is when we put our heart into it. I'm willing to believe this with my whole heart. I'm willing to demonstrate trust and faith by following the guidance that I'm getting rather than analyzing it and arguing with it, which is what I used to do. So the experience that I shared was a perfect example of how I used to prepare for an experience. I would prepare to be met with attack. I would prepare to be met with resistance and reluctance. Now, why would I prepare for attack, resistance, and reluctance? You might say, or someone might say, well, that's because your experience has been attack, resistance, and reluctance. But now I know that the reason why I would prepare for attack, resistance, and reluctance is precisely because that's where my mind was focused most of the time. I was 
focused in thoughts of attack, judging other people and myself. I was resistant and reluctant to be loving, to be open-hearted, to be being generous and being kind. I was approaching things thinking I have to defend myself, I have to protect myself, I have to make it happen, I have to get what I need, I have to coerce and argue for and defend. So because that's the mindset that I was walking around in, that's how I would prepare for my experience, thinking that I would be met with that same energy that I was walking around in. It took me so long to realize what I was doing. It took me so long. I cannot tell you how many classes I took, how many, literally thousands of sermons I listened to on the law of cause and effect, the law of the circle. You know, it's done unto you as you believe. A zillion times I would spout that, but I didn't even get what I was doing in my own life. Didn't get it at all. Did not get it. So, when our intuition just says, hey, change the channel, we don't have to analyze the channel, we don't have to do all that, it's just go right back into attunement, with the higher self, the Holy Self, the Holy Spirit, as quick as we can. That's the most prudent pathway. Always, uh, It's always helpful to remember the ego analyzes, but the spirit already knows. Now, sometimes it's really worth looking at things, and when it is, the spirit will let us know. So it's learning to walk by sight, by divine sight. And it can seem like we're walking in the dark. And so that's why many of us have an experience of feeling like we have fallen into the abyss and we don't know the way out. That's precisely to give us the opportunity to disconnect and unhook from all the coping and managing strategies of the past, be present in the abyss, and be still and know, I am God. I am God. I am one with the one. I am worthy of divine insight. I am worthy of great wealth. I am worthy of great wisdom and great gifts and talents. I am worthy. One of the things I've learned is that my great talent is 
simply being present in the moment. And it's not even the thing that I really feel most comfortable in. And I'm learning how to feel most comfortable in it. But when I think of when do I feel like I'm most in my genius, it's when I'm in the moment, fully present, listening to love, attuned to love, only there for love, no other purpose, and then miracles happen, insight, clarity, I can be truly helpful. And that's the place that I now teach from. But I can tell you this, that years ago, I never, in a, I, I aspired to it, but I had no idea how I would go from self-loathing to being able to teach about self-love. But my willingness to love myself as I am and stop berating myself and hating on myself that's the thing that requalified me. And we all have that. We all have that. You know, that's why the prodigal son story is so powerful. It is our story. You know, the prodigal son is welcomed with such love and affection and celebration. And no one is saying, except for his brother, and I really think that in the story, his brother is just representing that ego mind. And the important thing for us to understand is that the brother who's saying, wait a minute, he squandered his inheritance. Why are we celebrating his return? Shouldn't we be saying, hey, you, and make him feel bad and guilty? You see, he's part of the story so that the father can say, no, my son, we thought he was dead. He's back. There's only cause for celebration. Who cares if he squandered his worldly inheritance? His, his eternal inheritance is still perfectly intact and cannot be squandered. Why don't you come into your heart and welcome your brother, your sister, you see? So we are we are the prodigal son, we are the father, we are the brother, we're everybody in the story. We really are. We're everybody in the story because all is one. So I'm going to pause here and see if anybody has any sharing or any questions. Anybody hearing something new for the first time or something they've heard many times as if for the first time? Deborah. Hi. Hi. I I am so grateful for this class and I have not felt that way for several weeks. I kept hearing you speak about the intense times we were going through. But finally <clears throat> and I heard it and I agreed with it, but I it would just wasn't I wasn't quite getting it for some reason and I've had uh, last week we began to shift from ICD-9 ICD-10 codes nationally and 
it's just this huge transition, and so we're all in healthcare looking at coding. And every time I turned around, I was finding another error with the old coding, not even the new. And and every time, and by Friday, I was like deer in headlights, so upset with myself because a lot of the errors were mine, not all of them, but a lot, and. I, it was as if <clears throat> the ego was totally rearing its head with my patterns of not worthy and not perfect and you're not going to be taken care of. And and with my prayer partner, I had been saying, I'm willing to be, I'm willing to transform and transmute all my erroneous beliefs and my attachments and expectations and judgments and opinions of myself into love. And I just wrote it on an index card and I wasn't really focusing on it a lot, but I would be laying on the table and I'd read it, you know, once every other day or something. I was so disconnected from spiritual practice and I couldn't... couldn't seem to make myself do it, and um, so all these false beliefs were coming up, and I was really on the pain train, and I was, you know, listening to different classes and hearing what you were saying and seeing my judgment historically my judgments come up and in the present coming up with friends and flashing back to my judgment with my sister that I've spoken about before. And last weekend I realized I could have rejoined the community call, but I was even resisting that. I was just resisting everything. And finally, when I got up this Saturday, I said, I am going to listen to that community call no matter what. (laughs) And and, uh, so I had a few minutes before before it was coming on and I flipped to Facebook, which I also have hardly been looking at, and I opened up to your spiritual detoxification blog or link or whatever that's called, and I felt so drawn to that. It it was mm-hmm. like got to read this. The the words spiritual detoxification drew me plus the the labyrinth picture and it was like there's something here for me. And as I read that just to this simple line of when you realize your stuff is up and in your face and you're tempted to run, hide, ignore, delay, procrastinate, avoid and self-medicate it's time to claim your healing and i and i had been self medicating with cheetos it's like my go to food <laughs> the crunch uh overrides the brain thoughts yep. <laughs> and um so then i found my uh, it was like in that instant i got it and you just gave voice to what happened i let go of the untrue thoughts, not consciously. But when I read that, I got that, you know, 
that's what's happening. It's just my stuff coming up for healing. Just feels like humongous, capitals, bold, all that. But it was, you know, it's not something wrong with me. It's just intense times. It all fell together, and it was my stuff coming up for healing. And in that moment, then I began saying that, uh, I'm going to call it invocation after that followed, I'm grateful my stuff is coming up for healing. And I, I was saying it out loud, and I was saying it like I was saying things at the beginning, kind of out loud, loudly, because I had to make myself believe it almost, you know. But I, I felt that recalibration happen as I was saying that invocation. Just everything, all the the gunk the negativity, the down in the dumps, the whole energy that I had been carrying around just fell away. And it's so simple, but it's like, you know, being willing, being willing, and and then <clears throat> being committed. All the things you've just said. Yeah. To accept the abundance, to accept the fact that I'm worthy and 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 then in the process of these past few weeks I did a healing touch class and we had a helper and he kept saying, you know, do you do you drink wine? Do you eat cheese? Because he was helping us for free and he wanted to bring a gift and everything he asked, I just was honest and I said no and so then after the class I just out of the blue comes this $25 gift certificate. And last Friday when when I was having all the awarenesses come up with the problems of <clears throat> coding at work, and I mean, I was in tears at my desk because there were so many things to clean up. And my boss was so supportive and verbally affirming my skills. And she could see uh. that I was able to receive any of that, just like I wasn't able to receive a gift from the helper. He had to just send it to me. I couldn't say, you know, I'd like this or whatever. Right. <laughs> to the point my boss, finally, she said, you know, I just want you to know on your next paycheck, I'm going to give you a raise and it's going to be retroactive to the beginning of the month and it's going to be this much. And even in that moment, it's like, I don't deserve a raise. That's what I was thinking, you know. Uh-huh. And, and yet then Saturday morning, when when I, I'm not sure how to put it, pushed through it and, you know, was determined to reconnect with some sort of spiritual practice more. I had been saying the partner up prayer, but that's, you know, all consciously. And it was so powerful, and I'm just so grateful, and thank you for just putting the icing on the cake and kind of pulling together even more right now. Well, thank you, Deborah, because what you're talking about is a perfect demonstration of how we can be so lost in the muck and the mire of the the density of forms, you know, mm-hmm. and the thickness, the thickness, the stickiness of those false beliefs about ourselves. And 
if we're willing in our heart, then it, it can literally just explode and fall away. And even though it might be that the circumstances don't change right away very much at all, but our whole attitude and outlook changes. And so our experience is completely different. Mm-hmm. That's, because, that's what it... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, cause, and what you, that's what I hear you saying. It's essentially, when you went to work today, Monday, it's the same thing as at the end of the day Friday, right? I mean, it's the same, you know, job and same... But I'm in a whole different space. I said to my boss, I just need to say thank you for affirming my skills because Friday I was like the scorpion dying and today I'm phoenix rising. <laughs> uh, I'm just in a different place and it's just simply by reading that blog and saying that invocation and then connecting with community and knowing that I'm not doing this alone, you know, another false belief, you know, like we're, God's not really helpful and all that you just said, so. Yeah, yeah, and that, that, that affirmation is, and that whole um, teaching is one that I give early in the year. And this is one of the reasons why it's always good to go back and re-listen to the classes. So just, I can feel that some people are thinking, wait a minute, what was the invocation? What was this? Just tell us again. And it's in the Spiritual Detox blog, which was just a few days ago. But tell us again. I can read it. It's, I am grateful my stuff is coming, is up for healing. I claim my healing. I am willing to have a healing now. I am willing to release whatever does not serve my path of love with ease and grace now. I am grateful to let go, let the past go. I am grateful to claim my healing in gratitude. God is with me always for me and never against me. And I cannot fail because God cannot fail. And then I added amen, amen, amen for 20,000. Not really, but... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, it's just so powerful. It's just... That's it because you see that shift. What it is, is when, you know, you've heard me say, complaining makes me a crap magnet. So, because literally, like always attracts like. So, because that's the way the universe is. It's the same as the law of cause and effect, same teaching. So, complaining, if I'm complaining, I'm vibrating at the level of thinking that this is bad, this is not good. So what am I going to attract? I'm going to attract things that my mindset will label as not good. Mm-hmm. So and, 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 and that's how I'm going to receive things 
even things that in a different mindset I would say, hey, this is pretty good. Like when when the cashier said to me, you know, uh, I don't think I can use this um, coupon for the uh, extended warranty on your bike. I, I was kind of prepared for that. So I was just like, yeah, okay. I didn't complain. I didn't say, hey, it doesn't say that on the coupon. I didn't go there. I just went, yeah, okay. And she said, but let me see what I can do because I think what I can do is I can refund the whole bike and use the coupon on the bike. I'm like, well, if you can do that, that totally works for me, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> it wasn't hard to do. The math, 20% on $300 is a lot better than 20% on $43. So, um like I said, it, it covered the cost of the warranty plus some socks and a few more dollars. So um, it's that shift. If you're not willing to, go, if you don't, if you don't want to lower your vibration into complaining, instead you you say, no, I'm interested in taking my vibration up into more peace, more love, more joy, and I'm going to do that by being grateful for things just as they are. Then it's for me, it's I think of my mind going into this space where I am eternally grateful for all the blessings that are mine to receive and I'm ready to receive them. I am willing to receive them. I Mm -hmm. am receiving them. They are happening now. And then I just start to receive my experiences, everything as, oh, this is another gift for me. And sometimes it's like, well, I don't know how this could be a gift, but then I go into, well, I'm willing. There's something here. It has to be because everything in my life is a blessing. So there has to be a gift in this, and I'm willing to receive it. Mm -hmm. And it just changes everything. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Deb. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, and it's just a beautiful testimony. And, you know, this is the other thing, too, is your experience, what you're talking about here, crying at your desk, feeling inept and unworthy, uh, it's the contrast. This is the world of contrast. So you had extreme contrast. When Mm -hmm. was it that you read the blog? Saturday morning, about ten to ten, because okay, I'm on. Okay, so you got up. You got up Saturday morning, and you said, "I'm going to do it differently," right? I just said, "I am going to listen to that community call." There and you I go. Planned the morning, I had things I had to do, but I planned my whole morning around being able to listen to that community call. And, and then why I had, did you? Why did the community call become important to you? Uh, well, I, I have been doing it almost every week since the beginning when I started. I started about a month late, but I've been doing it almost every week until about the last month or six weeks. And I've had, I have had some weekend educational workshops and things where I just couldn't do it. But it, and that somehow coupled with the intensity of everything coming up in my face for healing just 
uh, made me, gave me an excuse or whatever, got me out of the habit of being on it, and then I was easy to not get back on it, and especially as things got more intense. But it's such a, even if I do nothing but sit and listen to people talking because there's such deep and rich sharing, it is nurturing and nourishing and and I did participate this time and I shared a little bit of what I just shared now. I didn't have all these pieces <laughs> come together Saturday morning yet, but I shared just the shift that I felt from Friday near tears to, you know, being plugged into the spirit again. Being aware of being plugged in, because like you said, we're always plugged in, but the connection was no longer rusty. (laughs) It was was cleaned off, (laughs) cleared up, purified, whatever. Yeah. Beautiful. So beautiful. Yeah, we're always investing in something, and whatever we invest in is going to give us a return based on its nature. So we can invest in bitterness or we can invest in gratitude. We can invest in complaining or we can invest in willingness. We get to decide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Such a beautiful share. Thank you. Thank you, too. Thank you. Yeah. So good. <sighs> All right. So my invitation to you in this new moon and in this uh, amazing time that we're in is to become extremely mindful of your investments and to understand that if you're uh, willing, everything can turn and shift. And... It's it's truly that doubt really is like a a pestilence, and uh, I, you know I was reminded that last year, last summer, I rented a house out in the country in England near Stonehenge, and this house had been empty for a long time. Uh, before I moved into it, and there were a lot of spiders and residents there. And I believe in catching the lease rather than killing. And so I was putting out approximately three to five spiders a day, catching the lease. And uh, so, you know, in 30 days, if you're doing three, you're, you're like putting out 100 spiders a month. So I put out hundreds and hundreds of spiders over the course of the time that I lived there. And the the thing that I was clear about was I was not going to let the pestilence uh, live in my house with me. I didn't need to argue with them or make them bad and wrong, and I didn't need to try to kill them. 
or frighten them or anything like that. I'm just like, I would just talk to them and I'd say, dude, you have the whole outdoors. In the outdoors, it's a much better environment for you because you'll find many things that you can eat and enjoy out there. There's nothing in you in this house for you here, really. There's just nothing. So I appreciate you. I love you. And I'm setting you free. And please don't come back in here and tell your friends that this is not the place for them. You're better off outside. And I, when I would find spiders in my apartment in Los Angeles, uh, I would do catch and release. But a lot of times I would just say, um, dude, you got to go. Find your own way out of here. Because I'd see them up on the ceiling and I didn't know how to get them down from there. So I would just say, dude, got to go. Not your house. I love you. But this is mi casa y not su, su casa. And uh, you, you just got to go. Sorry. You got to go. And uh, and they would. They would disappear. And uh, all of life is listening to us all the time. We don't have to get angry. We don't have to get upset. It doesn't make it better. Uh, very few times when raising our voice actually is worthwhile. Uh, oftentimes a quieter, gentler voice will uh, be heard more easily. It's interesting. So we're learning to listen to that still, small voice and to honor it and respect it. And we don't have to match. We don't have to cope or strategize. We really, really don't. We're allowing the good to unfold. I am eternally grateful for all the blessings that are mine to receive, and I am receiving them now. I am so grateful for the blessings that are always mine to receive. I receive them with gratitude. So I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to play a song for us. I am grateful and I am thankful that we are blessed. I am grateful and thankful that no matter how long we've held a pattern, how many lifetimes, how many generations, we can transform it in a moment by giving it to the higher Holy Spirit self. We are grateful and thankful to partner up. We're grateful and thankful not to have to go alone. We're grateful and thankful to live a life of profound love. We rejoice to allow all the blessings that are ours to receive to flow in our life and to share the benefits with everyone. We open ourselves to be receptive to abundance and prosperity and wholeness and freedom and joy, harmony, wisdom, clarity, the all good of God shining in our heart, in our mind, fully expressed. So grateful to allow it to be, to let all needs be met in God and only God. In gratitude, we know it's done, and so it is. Amen. 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 I'm going to share a song that I really enjoy, and... Um, the lyrics, it's a great lyric. Uh, it was a very popular pop song called Soar, S-O-A-R, Soar meaning to fly, uh, and Soar meaning also to rise above. And the song is 
uh, I don't know who wrote it, but it's performed by, uh, she maybe she wrote it, I don't know, Christina Aguilera. And um, I find it very inspirational, and I, I hope you do too. I love you. Thanks for being in class today. When they push, when they pull, tell me, can you hold on? When they say you just change, can you live your head out and stay strong?
What's she waiting for? 